That is the sounds of the footage released of police savagely beating 29-year-old skateboarder Tyree Nichols. He's as old as my, my oldest daughter. He weighed 140 pounds wet and had Crohn's disease, which if you're not familiar with, I'll... I'll help familiarize you too. It is an inflammation of the entire digestive tract that is excruciatingly painful, debilitatingly painful. Daily vomiting and diarrhea and just the slightest touch can just send people off into a world of pain. I know this because my wife has severe Crohn's disease and our lives have been turned upside down. And all I could think of while watching this video of these five officers just brutally, savagely, inhumanely beating Tyree to death was the pain he experienced even more than your average experience of pain. That having Crohn's disease, his life was already filled with pain. And to think that his last conscious moments on this earth, he was crying for his mother. We hear stories of that happening in battlefields. Well, apparently Memphis, Tennessee, recently was a battlefield where this young skateboarder, he was a FedEx worker, lost his life just yards from his house, 400 yards from his house. His mother said she felt a pain in her stomach when it was happening, and she feels it was, she was keying into him and his experience. Welcome back to the Colorado Switchblade. It was a rough night watching those videos. Did you watch them? Did you did you did you actually see the horror and the inhumanity that that was shown? It's easy to lose hope in the outrage. But I think there is hope here in this moment. I think that we saw for the first time, really in, in modern history, justice works swiftly when a young black person has been killed by the police. That it didn't take five years. It didn't take five months. It seems that the wheels of justice are moving quickly now. And that's a good thing. And not just for people with white skin and blue eyes, but for some of the most vulnerable populations we have. So I take hope in that. 
so to recap the story for those of you who may have been living under a rock while this happened. Last night, authorities in Memphis, Tennessee, the same town that Martin Luther King was shot and killed in, assassinated in, released video footage that they had been warning the world was going to be brutal and shocking for days. They waited until after school was done and it was six o'clock so that businesses could clear out for fear of civil unrest. Um, and released the disturbing footage of the fatal beating of Tyree Nichols, a 29-year-old black man who died three days after a traffic stop on January 7th. The video showed officers tasing Nichols, hitting him with mace multiple times, hitting him with a baton, kicking him in the head, hitting him in the head repeatedly as he is held his arms out so that his body is prone. The officers charged in Nichols' death included members of what is coined the Scorpion Squad. A it's an acronym for Street Crimes Operation to Restore Peace in Our Neighborhoods. The uh, Institute for Public Service Reporting says all five officers that have now lost their jobs and are in jail were a member of this special unit. Um, Antonio Romanusi, Nichols' family attorney, said Scorpion and other specialized police units target the most vulnerable. And he called on law enforcement agencies nationwide to examine examine their saturation units as they're otherwise known. These sat these are suppression units, he said. These are saturation units and what they really turn out to be are oppression units. And what they do is wind up oppressing the people that we care about the most. Our children, our young sons and daughters who are black and brown, because they are the most vulnerable. Specialized police units have also drawn scrutiny elsewhere in the country in scandals spanning multiple decades. In the 1990s, Los Angeles's Community Resources Against Street Hoodlums Unit, or CRASH, had officers accused of robbing a bank and many other crimes, according to news publication, to the news publication Cal Matters. Um, corruption case made national headlines in 2018 with the Baltimore Police Gun Trace Task Force, Detroit's Police Department's secretive stress unit. In the 70s, a massive civil rights protest broke out in Detroit as residents demanded the disbanding of the unit, which killed at least 22 people between 1971 and 1973. Chicago's Police Department Special Operations Section in 2006, 10 members of the unit were indicted on after federal investigation found a pattern of misconduct in the unit, according to the University of Illinois Chicago researchers. 
There were protests last night nationwide in Memphis, Chicago, New York City, more expected after the release of the video. They they seemed tempered. They were not like the civil disobedience and the the protests that erupted after what happened with George Floyd that I covered was it two years ago, three years ago? So as of today, uh, Memphis police will permanently deactivate the Scorpion unit. Um, it said today that it, it announced that it will permanently deactivate its Scorpion unit after officers in the unit were fired and faced charges of in the death of Tyree Nichols. Um, I thought it might be good to hear from the um, the leadership of our police department here in Estes. I uh, I'd spoken with Chief Hayes, our new police chief, um, when he came on a few months back, and he seemed like he was a human being first and a police officer second. So I thought. I know that I wanted to hear what his reaction was to the events that were shown last night that the country tuned in communally and, and watched in horror and see what his reaction was and, and see how we might better move forward and, and whether or not this would impact the trust in law enforcement in a place like Estes Park, Colorado, um, where we have it pretty good. So um, I reached out to, to Chief Hayes and and to his credit, he called me up and, and we were talking within an hour. And um, so I have that interview and we're going to, to do that. So uh, that's what the podcast is going to be today. It's been a tough day. It's been a tough weekend. And uh, hopefully we can use this to move forward in better ways. Hopefully we will learn lessons as a nation, as a how we can take this tragedy and, and move forward. I spent all morning making a piece of artwork. Um, it's just one of my go-tos for when the world's creeping in. And um, that's the, uh, the, the image that is on the, uh, the show notes of this show. Um, yeah, I haven't podcasted much this week. I, I did some writing. I've been in a heavy, heavy writing cycle working on my new novel. Um, I'm going to put off the the sec the uh, next installments of the trip to New York um, essay piece that I had been writing, going over the my um, going out there and talking to studios about uh, series that I'm developing and did a, um, a documentary film. Um, record an interview for a, a film that will most likely wind up on PBS. And then I, I wound up being in studio with Anderson Cooper um, in the New York studio. So, I, and then that hasn't been released to the internet, but they, they sent me a copy. So I'm going to put that out, but I don't want to mix any of that with today's podcast because this today should just be about Tyree Nichols. So let's go ahead and just jump into this uh, interview with, uh, Chief of the Estes Police Department, the Estes Park Police Department, David Hayes. And I think his, his uh, 
his reaction and his just human reaction speaks for itself. So we have it pretty lucky here in Estes Park and uh, we need to safeguard it. But we also have to have conversations about what is happening to us nationally. It's just part of that that conversation. And um, Chief Hayes speaks in the interview talking about um, how, what some next steps with, with interfacing with our community here about concerns about trust in the police and safety for our community and the vulnerable in our community. Um, and uh, so we'll, we'll follow up with that as well. So here we go. Here's uh, Police Chief David Hayes recorded today um, on Saturday after the video was released out of Memphis, Tennessee last night. We are here with the Essex Valley uh, Chief of Police, David Hayes, and just wanted to, to get your thoughts on the video footage that has come out of uh, Memphis, Tennessee yesterday with uh, Tyree Nichols. And just as our senior law enforcement officer, just hear what your thoughts and what your feelings were um, watching that video that, that I think pretty much everyone in the nation was watching last night. So thanks for joining us, uh, Chief Hayes. And um, tell us what you think. Well, cer certainly pretty, it seemed to be very out of, out of control, very uh, horrific. And, you know, it, uh, unfortunately, it's also, you know, I think we've somehow become accustomed to some of those images, either because of what's gone on the last couple of years and even some some uh, some computer games and stuff. And so I think for it is horrific no, no matter no matter what and it's it's something that you don't you don't expect to see on tv it's something that we don't expect from our local police it's not something we would expect from our military and i think that's what makes it so horrific it's kind of that uh that disbelief if you will and but but we know it's true i mean we know that those are i think it was a combination of body cams and i think it may be an in-car video or something and um there, there does not appear to be a, 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 a legal or lawful or reasonable explanation to it. It's just uh, horrific. Yeah, I, I, I think we all felt that. Um, can you tell us a little bit how we might be able to move forward in a better way? I mean, this, this, it does seem like justice is moving quickly and, and may be fair at this point. Um, we'll have to, to wait and see exactly how things play out but it sure seems that that you know the the officers involved were um suspended and then fired uh pretty quickly um they have now been arrested and and i believe all of them have bonded out at this point but there are further investigations going and it seems like where in the past the wheels of justice may not have moved so fast when it came to you know an officer of the law but this time it seems like it may be different but talk to us about what you think what, what kind of lessons and, and how can we move forward in a better way from this? Sure. First, you're right. It seems like in, in the last week or so, I think this is probably the second or third arrests of, of officers in a force situation. This is probably the, probably the worst because not only was the cause and manner, apparent cause and manner, but also a death. So uh, really, as you know, you, you'd have to look pretty far and pretty hard a few years ago. Um, 
certainly before George George Floyd, to see an incident like that, number one, that would make the news media, national news media, and number two, where charges would actually be filed. So I think the good news is, is that we've had it as a, as a country. We've had it. Our district, local district attorneys have had it. Our grand juries have had it. Our communities have had it. So there, there just isn't tolerance for that anymore. I mean, I, there, it, it, it's, there's, there's always been some tolerance. You know, an officer can, can make a mistake and perhaps, you know, uh, lose his or her temper. And, and, and depending on the degree of that, right, I mean, it's either survivable or it's not from a career point of view. Um, but I think in, go, in matter of going forward, I, I think we just need to have really, really start with our, um, you know, maybe conversations in schools because those schools are feeders, high school, junior highs, those are going to be feeders for our law enforcement officers in the future. So starting those conversations early, kind of planting the seed about what, what's wrong with this picture and why this is not, this isn't justice in any way, shape or form. And and helping students through that, those kind of discussions and those kind of thought process, because I don't know what it would be like as a junior high or younger student hearing or seeing this on TV. It's got to be pretty darn confusing for them. Um, from there, I, it's certainly some community conversations we have to have um, with our communities. What are the expectations? Uh, I think uh, one of the things we mentioned before we got our call started today, our interview started today, was um, how do we, how do, if you're a parent now, um, and or you're, you know, if really anybody in the community, if you don't think that that you're going to get a fair shake, or you're concerned about how the police do or don't respond, do you also feel comfortable then that you could come in and talk to the police chief, or the deputy police chief, or the sheriff, and have those conversations? Because the fact that you can have them doesn't mean that you want to have them. It doesn't mean that you're going to be comfortable with them. And then last, last time in regards to this question, I, it, it's just more conversations about our hiring process. You know, we do a multitude of tests, including some psych, psych tests. You know, we, I think currently we use the MMPI, uh, Minnesota Multiphasic Personality Interview, right. and then an interview with, with police psychologists. There's more testing out there that we could do. Um, there's, uh, you know, we, we can put as much money into that as, as we want to, uh, in addition to that, as you know, we do a lengthy background and, but still, we're, we're still recruiting from the human race and, and there'll be times that we make a mistake and that we perhaps hire the, the, the wrong one. Um, in this particular case, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> what are, what are the odds of getting five or six of the wrong ones? Um. You mentioned that this particular team that they were assigned to, um, as I understand it, some of the everybody wants to solve crime, right? We've got crimes in some places is, is out of control or the numbers are up, probably not out of control as much as the percentages are up. So let's get the cops on the street and let's figure this out. I think may, maybe what's missing from some of those conversations is, however, ladies and gentlemen, everything you do is going to be lawful. We're going to make sure that there's adequate supervision. We're going to make sure that you're using your body cams, we're making sure that, you know, you're writing good reports, those kind of things. So I'm hoping that, that, that departments across this great country are not that solving crime is the only mission of the day. That's not the only mission of the day. The mission of the day is, is that you protect the constitutional rights of everyone, victims, suspects, arrestees, uh, wh whomever, and, and that you, present a, a fair case, a fair description of what occurred to your local prosecutor. And, and if their charges are appropriate, then charges are, are appropriate. 
in this particular case, I, I think even the name would concern me. Uh, Scorpion, I think. Is yeah, the, the Scorpion Squad. I, I think it. I think it. It sets a bad precedent. I think it sends the wrong message. Um, I think it's okay to have a. Uh, you know, scat scat team was was pretty when I was growing up in policing in Boulder. You know, the special crime attack team or the targeted enforcement team. Even those were probably pushing the envelope. But in this particular case, it it almost gives you. A, it's almost like a uh, an, an action figure or a yeah. It, it, of, um, it it sounded like almost like a reference to some cartel hit squad to me. Um, it just didn't it it. It, it breaks away from humanity, I think. And, and you know, that when it comes down to it, um, I, I think human interaction is really what we need to get back to, whether it be in policing or just in some of the, the divides that we find ourselves as a country. And, I, you know, just the name of it seems to 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 not speak to that that human interaction aspect of policing. Yeah, I, I think that it's all in the name. I well, name and, and supervision or lack thereof, making sure that, that you're making constitutional arrests and you're protecting the rights of everybody. Um, but but it, but sometimes it goes comes down to simply the name, and you can give people the wrong impression. And and I imagine some of those young officers. I don't know this, but I imagine they probably got a, a pep talk when they got transferred or as they continued in this assignment. The weight of the world is on you, uh, ladies and gentlemen, and your job is to save society. You have too many of those conversations without a balance to those conversations, and people can really start to believe that. Um, they can believe that it, it, it's them against us, and it's, uh, you know, the, yeah, it's ultimately them, them against us. And I, the problem is we haven't properly or adequately just uh, defined who them is, right? Is them the, them the person that, it's that uh, just wants to get home or has had too much to drink. I mean, is them the person that, that uh, decides that they're a little obnoxious with the officers? That, that's, the, that's the problem, right? We haven't been able to really adequately separated that out. Um, and I imagine in this case, it was, it was them against, uh, or them, the team against them. And anybody you wanted to throw into them um, then became kind of a, a, a target, if you will. And, and it's, uh, it is, it is so heartbreakingly unfortunate that because there are good men and women in policing, as you know, across this country, and this this is going to be another one that that, uh, that people are going to question officers, and officers are going to question if they're in the right jobs or not, and their families are going to question that, and their friends are going to question that, and their kids in school, their classmates are going to question that, and that's that's we've got to figure out a way to turn that around. And I, again, it's too bad that, that, it, that they're, uh, zest, if you will, for reducing crime, um, came, came down to something that just didn't look like it had a lot of adequate controls. Yeah. And, and you touched on it earlier. You know, I feel, you know, we, we obviously live in a different, different environment, different, different, you know, different altogether up here in the, the small mountain, uh, Valley of Estes park. But, you know, it really comes down to, you know, if, if my teenage daughter or, you know, teenage son or granddaughter needed to have an interaction with the police one-on-one, -on -one, whether that was, you know, a surprise interaction or not, do I feel safe as a parent 
that my child is going to survive that? And I think up here, certainly the answer is yes, but it, it really is heartbreaking to think that across the country for certain demographics, that that's something that is not the case elsewhere. Yeah, and I, I, I hope that that's the case in Augustus Park. I think that was the case in Louisville. And uh, for your listeners that are out there, I, we are ready, willing, and able to have those conversations. And uh, I am at, at any time, anywhere, and 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 probably will uh, maybe it's something you can help guide us, and we can maybe have a conversation next week. Uh, maybe some some broader community conversations about that, because we don't want it to we don't want it to go away. We we've got to face this, and 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 the question is, and need our community input. How do we how do we ensure that that doesn't happen here? And more importantly, how do we also ensure that, or as important, how do we ensure that our communities are not influenced by that or poisoned by that and people think that they can't then trust the, the Estes Park Police Department? And I, I don't want that any more than you you in our community does. We don't want that to happen. We want people to trust their police. We, we just, we, but we've got to earn that trust too. All right. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to come on and just tell us how you felt about what you saw as a human being, not just our, our the leader of our law enforcement here in the SS Valley, but just as a human. I appreciate you taking the time and, and talking with me today. Yeah, anytime, sir. Call me anytime. All right. All right, folks. Well, there you have it. The interview with police chief of SS Park, David Hayes. And, um, I do appreciate him taking the time just to have a human conversation with us and talk about these national issues, even if we seem so isolated here up in our high mountain valley here in Colorado. But what happens in the country eventually affects us here too, wherever we are. I just want to end the podcast today with just reminding everyone, nothing's certain. Tell the people you love that you love them. We never know how much time we may have still with them. Be kind to each other. I think that's how we get to a better place. It all starts with just in our house, in our home, in our lives, just being a little more kind to each other. You've been listening to the Colorado Switchblade. As always, I'm your host, Jason Van Tatenhoff. Stay safe out there.